0: Greetings, Heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by The Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and Fire Emblem Franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie?
1: Not too bad. Been, a, been a delayed this week because, you know, they couldn't bother re- releasing the info before we recorded next last week, so we had to hold off.
0: Yeah, we were going to try to squeeze in an episode right before I went on vacation, uh, and it just didn't work out. As you said, uh Fire Emblem Heroes wanted to release their... We knew they were releasing their CYL Heroes.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, the Faye Channel at the start of the month said that they would be back for another uh, Faye Channel for the Brave Heroes, and uh, when we were sitting down or getting ready to record that morning, we looked and realized it's two days away, so they got to be doing the uh, Faye Channel tonight. So, is it up? No, so... Yeah, let's hold off for a week (laughs) because, yeah, my work was such in Ryan's vacation in my work. We're not going to allow us to record it last week.
0: No, it didn't work out. We missed it by a hair, uh, but we did make the call to delay. So we've got two batches of heroes to discuss and uh, the conclusion to our awakening game club and maybe possibly some teases of what comes next. We'll see. We'll see. That's a tease of a tease. That's just a tease. Oh, a tease. But, yeah. A tease of a tease of a tease, but we'll, we'll, we'll drop some details at the end of the episode. Uh, but before that, let's get to the banners. Uh, we have the weekly revival 15 and 35 banners running right now. Uh, legendary and mythic hero remix going into the 26th of August. Perilous seas special heroes revival going into the 27th heroes with dodge skills going into the 28th hero fest going into the 1st of September Risk and Reward going until the 8th of September and Weave of Fate going until the 15th of September. So there you go. Eddie, how did you do with your summoning?
1: Uh, well, of course, I dove deep on the special units, which was that Risk and Reward banner, and I did, I did manage to get all four units on the banner, although uh, I don't recall the exact details and order in which I got them. Uh, I made a kind of foolish choice and got Soth from the Spark, uh, but, and ended up having a rough time trying to get the Neo, Nina duo unit. Uh, but I did manage to get there eventually. Um, I also dove into the Brave banner, and after getting the tickets from the Forging Bounds, I ended up with a Brave Seliph for my free summons. I uh, mentioned that in Discord and showed uh, the ring slightly before the spark, first spark, where I got a ring not only with Brave Byleth on it, but Brave Tiki. Uh, what I did not mention in discord is that I, uh, along the way to get there, I had already grabbed a brave crom. So by, uh, the first spark, I had all four brave units. I used up that first spark to grab a spare crom and the free summon to grab a spare byleth to remove the veins off of both of those units.
0: Very good. Very good. Uh, for me, uh, I've, I've kind of split this up as it, as we've said, it's been about three weeks since we've, uh, We've had a show, but I've got here random plus Hero Fest, so I've got a female Chris, and I know off the Hero Fest I got a Moose Bell, so I lucked out on that. It was the only hero I was missing on that banner. Um, moving into the Risk and Reward Special Heroes, I got a Duo Nina plus Kagero pretty quick. Uh, I, I paused on that banner as I wanted to save orbs for CYL6, and I <laughs> have a bit of funny story. Every year for CYL, I always save the uh, free hero summon until I've summoned on, on the banner and have have gotten all three heroes and then I just use the free summon. I accidentally... So I was on vacation and I was like, oh, I have time to jump in and quickly do a summon. Without thinking, I accidentally hit summon on the free banner, which is always... Or, <laughs> sorry, which was to the farthest left. First thing you see... So, of course, as I'm on this like really um not so great country wi-fi uh i was like oh crap i can't believe i did this i clicked on the free hero i couldn't quit out i tried closing i was like do i close the game do i risk like losing my free hero and i'm like nah the game's better than that so i quit out of the game i come back in. it's like hey there's a summoning uh session that was left do you want to continue and i'm like yeah okay so i pop back in uh i couldn't back out so i went with byleth thinking like ah you know Summoning on uh, colorless is never fun, so uh, I'll just pick uh, Byleth out of the out of the crowd right away. So I did that, and moving over to the banner, uh, I got Seliph, and then on the first spark I got Tiki, and then heading for the second spark I got Crom, uh, alongside some randoms, uh, some other randoms. I got Serey Atlas, and I did get uh, Vika off the pirate banner. So all in all, a really good haul. I'm back down to zero orbs. I had three hundred, now I'm down to zero. So such is the life of a free to play player, but here we are. Um sorry, outside of a Fae Pass a strategic Fae Pass subscriber. So not yeah. completely free to play, I should mention. But yeah. 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 It was a good it was a good haul. I'm I'm pretty I I've gotta I've gotta head back to the banners. Um Yeah, uh, I
1: mean you said you didn't quite get to that second spark before Chrom showed up, so yeah. And I
0: didn't get the first spark in, I, I went far enough into the risk and reward banner that I might go back to it and,
1: uh, try to spark,
0: try to spark before, before my fay pass goes away. So I've got, I might not be able to, well, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I've mm-hmm. got, I've got some strategic summoning to do before those banners are, are done. But, um, I was curious, Eddie, and I should have asked you this pre-show. Did you get a chance to play the new mode they added, the uh, Binding Worlds?
1: I hopped in a couple times, and it was interesting. Uh, You know, when you step on that thing, you either pick a random hero, which usually is far better than what you currently have, or you opt to level up the current hero by one because you don't gain experience or anything here. So it was interesting. I did five or six times maybe. Didn't yeah. really dive deep into
0: it. I'll say this: I, uh, in terms of new modes they've added, um, this one is strictly, uh, well, I shouldn't say it's strictly PVE, but it's very PVE focused. There's a bit of like pulling in your friends and other people's heroes uh, as you step on these like warp pads. And I, I've, I played a good chunk of it. I, I engaged with it all through the first, or at least where they were offering bonuses, and it was really neat in that like it encouraged you to basically swap out your lowest level character. Cause you can do one swap per encounter and mm-hmm. that keeps you, you know, in step with the ever increasing level of each enclosure. Um, yep. And it was really neat. Like it would offer you a varying degree of heroes from a choice of four or three, I think. And it was, yeah, it was uh, like three cool.
1: heroes. One, I think usually pulled from your friends list maybe or something. And then one, the bottom one was usually, uh, just the level on the hero that you're playing. You currently have there. Yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it was, uh, it was neat. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought that, uh, I thought it was, is one of the better additions to the game in, in quite a while. So I was, I was happy with it and, uh, it was, I did not complete it. So I should say that. I should say that I did not complete it. So, um, but I did enjoy my. Neither time.
1: did I. I don't know, even know if it's still running.
0: No, I think it just ended yesterday or what have you. So. Okay. Anyways, uh, what else do we got? Um, oh, what's coming up in the game the next couple of weeks?
1: Uh, yes, we got a few things coming up, up for the next few weeks. Uh, starting with a double special heroes summoning event starting tomorrow. We have a ra- new round of Hall of Forms coming up the day after. On the 25th, we have a new round of summer Duels S, as well as a new Bound Hero battle for Luthier and Delthea, uh, along with a summoning focus for that one. We have the Pirate's Pride Special Hero Banner Revival on the 26th, uh, as well as the upcoming Voting Gauntlet will launch on the 35th first, but we'll get that login bonus on the 27th. On the 29th, we got a round of Pawns of Loki. As well as a the Dodge Skills Banner being switched out for Heroes with Bonfire, we have the next Legendary Hero uh, Banner and uh, Battle, as you know, all the battles that come with it, all starting on the thirty-first of August. On the second of September, we have a uh, Grand Hero Battle Revival for Peleus, as well as a Special Heroes Revival for the Festival in Hoshido. And that one will have the special rate on it. We have another round of Hero's Journey on the 3rd. And a round of Axe Art quests starting on the 4th. And we round out the next couple weeks with another round of a new round of Lost Lore on the 5th. As well as the login bonus and summoning focus for the next Tempest Trials. For the Special Heroes banner that will be starting up on the 7th.
0: There you go. So more heroes on the horizon uh just just out of reach just out of reach probably uh i don't even want to look at the calendar oh yes of course two days after our next Yep, they
1: start on the 7th so hopefully we'll have the banner i mean we should have the banner because we'll have the uh tempest trial info for it so we'll have should have the banner for what that uh will be or the trailer well that's good
0: that's something we'll go with that um, what we will also have before our next episode is the next Resplendent Hero. We'll have Longku Solitary Blade, which will be available to Faypass subscribers starting on August 25th. Longku is uh, showcasing his Emblian attire. And uh, yeah, he'll be available to all Faypass subscribers very soon. Um, so look forward to that.
1: Uh, but as we mentioned earlier, we did have that special heroes banner, Risk and Reward, come up uh, as announced at the start of the month on, the, on that Fae channel. Uh, the pirates, they're taking a year off, and we have a new Thief theme banner following the same setup in that most, if not every, unit is from a different game. Kath and Layla join from Binding and Blazing Blade, respectively. Soth comes from Tellius, and Rickard from the OG Marth games, with the duo hero being from the same yet different games, or I guess there is uh, the Revelation Path, which you could recruit both of them or get both of them on, Uh, but they're technically both from Fates, as Nina from Conquest joins Kagero from Birthright. The banner has a theme of uh, playing around with Cantos, as each unit is a mounted unit and comes with a different form of Canto. Uh, Rickard, being the Tempest Trial unit, just has basic Canto with them. Uh, and I think there was someone else who had like only just a fairly normal canto, but a bunch of them had quite unique cantos.
0: Hmm. For sure. Uh, first up we have, uh, Kath, caper captain. Kath from binding blade is an expert thief who's traveled the world's battlefields and relieved a number of wicked nobles of their riches. She's a blue tone cavalry hero wielding, a uh, lofty leaflet which enables Kanto unit three times three. Uh, So this is after an attack, assist skill or structure destruction unit can move to a space within three rows and three columns centered on unit. This grants speed plus three. We're at start of combat. If foe's HP is greater than or equal to 50%, grants attack slash speed plus six to unit during combat deals, damage equal to 15% of unit speed. And also if foe has bonuses, grants bonus to units, attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance inflicts penalty on foes attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance during combat equal to the current bonus on each of foes stats calculates each status bonus and penalty independently and that's it Uh, she has a new skill in the b slot called attack slash resistance snag three the movement assist skill like reposition shove pivot etc is used by unit or target's unit Inflicts attack slash resistance minus six on nearest foes within four spaces of both unit and target through their next actions. Rounding at her kit, his drawback is an assist. Attack slash speed push four in the A slot and blue feud three in the C slot. So this is our, I feel like our second version of Kath, because I think we have our normal yep. version.
1: We got a normal version of Kath and I think she was even like a three star or a um, free unit. When we first got her, I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure she's a three or four, three and four star unit in her normal version. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: yeah. And again, like this is uh so this whole banner, it's based on sort of a, I get the feel of like a, more of a performing magicians type thieving or more like a, or maybe even like a masquerade ball type thing. Cause she's, she's kind of, most of them are appearing to be like more in like
1: a, Uh, Looking at it, and sorry, got distracted. It's uh, the banner. um, I think uh, Serene's Forest describes it well. They went after the Phantom Thieves design from uh, Persona 5. They look very similar to that with the flashy thief outfits, you know, and kind of more of an entertainment type. These not your traditional hide and, you know, sneak around type thing. With the masks or the eye pay- eye pieces, very Phantom Thieves inspired outfits for them.
0: Yeah, that's a very good uh, a good descriptor for sure. I think you're yeah. They absolutely nailed it with that.
1: Yeah. yeah, I did look it up. Kath was the four star hero on the banner she initiated. So, or it says she's available as four and five stars. So, I'm very confused. I guess I don't know. Yeah, very confused about the original Kath, but. Back to this one. Yeah, it's very nice outfit. Like I said, the Phantom Thieves designs are very flashy and, you know... I mean, really, with any of their banners, they don't go for the straight, traditional... You know, you would think, well, technically a thief would be dressed up like the thieves are dressed up already. Maybe black, and that would be more ninja than thief there. So, yeah. Definitely more of a performance, flashy thief outfits for these guys. Continue that outfit with another flashy purple and yellow outfit is Layla, Keen Lookout. Layla makes her return to Faye with a special unit as a red tome flyer. She wields Soothing Scent, which boosts her special trigger, reducing the count by one and uh, grants her Canto, Ally 2. If she has 25% or more health at the start of combat, she gets attack speed plus 6. During combat, and if she also has her speed greater than her foe's speed, the foe cannot counterattack. If she has 25% or more health at the start of combat and attacks during the combat, after the combat she does 10 damage to her target and foes within two spaces spaces of the target. Kanto Ally 2 is like most Kanto moves, but the movement uh, post-action is restricted to being adjacent to any ally within two spaces. Uh, she has a new tier 4 skill called Defense Res Smoke, which after combat inflicts Defense Res minus 7 on target and foes within 2 spaces. Uh, grants her and her allies uh, attack plus 6 within, for her and her allies within 2 spaces for 1 turn, and grants her Pathfinder for 1 turn. She also comes with Swift Sparrow and Moonbow.
0: I gotta say, uh, I remember her forging. Maybe it was forging bonds. It might No, it wasn't that. It was the in the Tempest Trials, it was, it was kind of a, they, I think it was all based around like who could steal the best thing or, but you know what, funny enough, you mentioned like the, the Phantom Thieves and it was, it was kind of like, you know, what could we steal to win the heart of, of these thieves? And that was kind of the idea. So they really took a lot from the Phantom Thief, like stealing hearts and all that fun stuff.
1: Well, the Phantom Thieves are a slightly different version of that, but, similar idea yes stealing hearts and i mean to be honest all these things well they're they're festivals you know so they're getting all dressed up it's kind of like you know throwing big parties to celebrate pirates and thieves and ninjas which is very counterintuitive to those professions in real life
0: well our next hero here is not a thief but or no sorry i'm mistaken this is a. Uh... He was a thief. I thought he was the tactician in Radiant Dawn, but uh, here I am tripping over my own oh, words.
1: So, so th- he was like a childhood friend of Micaiah. And I always thought he was pretty sure he was a thief-like character in the games.
0: He is. Is he not the tacti? I thought he was the tactician in that game.
1: Soren is more the tactician, if anyone. I don't know oh. if Micaiah had a tactician with her as well, or just borrowed Sorin, or your character was an actual character off screen i'm confusing
0: the two i'm definitely confusing the two so
1: i mean similar letter starts with so and similar number of letters so
0: it's very true and honestly it boils right down to nintendo please give us an easy way to access the tellia series we will do uh (laughs) we will we will cover it we'll do a game club right from the game right from the game's release that i mean if it if it happens um i i feel pretty confident that that we would love to play that game
1: I would love to play that game too, but I would also prefer to get a um, uh, four uh, genealogy remake first.
0: True. Whatever it takes, we will we will cover it uh, on the podcast if it happens. So please, please, please give us something. I know there's been well, there's
1: yeah. Well, maybe when they up the uh, Nintendo uh, expansion or Nintendo Online Plus expansion pass two. And up the price to seventy or ninety dollars, they'll add GameCube games, and we'll get it there.
0: That well, outside of the price increase, that sounds great. <laughs> I feel like I'm not getting enough out of my existing expansion pass, uh, so I
1: disagree with that. That's why I still have the base version yeah. and just buy the things I want, like the um, extra maps in Mario Kart. Yeah.
0: Well, here's the thing. Let's talk about Soth after I took us on that uh, that wild tangent. Not much to say about Soth because he is the four-star hero on the banner. But Soth, Rushing Dawn, Soth of the Dawn Brigade, is joining the festival. Given his past life as a chivalrous thief, I'd say this event was practically made for him. Soth from the Tellius series is a green dagger flyer hero wielding Florid Knife Plus, which enables Can'ta One. Start of combat, if foe's HP is greater than or equal to 75%, grants attack slash speed plus 5 to unit during combat. Uh, he has the dagger 7 effect. No new skills, considering, as I said, he is the 4-star hero on the banner, but rounding out his kit is harsh command plus as an assist, swift sparrow 2 in the A slot, and attack slash defense rain 3 in the C slot. Yep. Uh, we kind of did the preamble as I tripped over where I remembered this character from and turns out it didn't remember it very well, but, um, he's got a really cool outfit. And again, like I'm, uh, I'm looking at this and now I can't stop thinking about persona five. Cause you're right. It's very much got that like. Phantom thieves look. And, and what is he carrying?
1: It, it's a. It's his dagger has a, uh, letter stuck onto it. Oh, if you'll notice to even consider in enhance the phantom thieves, theming, each of the characters seems to have a uh, letter stuck in their outfit somewhere. Uh, maybe not Layla. I don't see one on her. Uh, maybe, they got, like, maybe
0: they all got invited to Smash. Soth maybe that's what's happening.
1: And, yes, it was also the thing they did for the Phantom Thieves coming to Smash. Uh, but uh, yeah, Soth and Nina for sure have the letters. I think I saw it on uh, what's her name? The first one?
0: Uh, Kath.
1: Kath, yeah, Kath has the letter. Layla's the only one who I can't spot a letter anywhere unless it's in the stuff flying around her. No, I don't see a letter. But yeah, they also seem to all have letters, invites uh, similar to the Smash card or uh, the Phantom Thieves sent out calling cards in Persona 5. So this would be like that too. Or invites to the festival, however you want to look at it. But... All of them, including our final unit on the banner, uh, which is Nina and uh, Kagero, shadowy figures. Nina gets a special unit joined by Kagero, getting yet another special unit, and they join the banner as a colorless dagger cavalry duo unit. Their duo skill allows them them to move one extra space, and if any foes are in cardinal directions of them or have penalty on them, it inflicts a debuff of negative 7 to all four of the main stats in Panic. This duo skill reactivates at the start of every third turn if it has been used. Uh, they also are wielding the Shadowy Quill, which grants Kanto, Recall, and attack plus 3. Uh, and also, if they initiate combat or are within two spaces of an ally, it calculates damage using the lower of the foe's defensive stats, grants attack speed plus 6 to them during combat, and deals damage to the foe equal to the difference of the greater between their current bonus and the foe's penalty uh, on each stat calculated independent. Each stat calculated independent. So I think it compares the differences between each stat and whichever is the highest is the bonus that you, uh, the damage you get there. Uh, So like if it's a difference of 15 between your attack and their attack it'll do 15 even if um, the defenses are 13 apart. Uh, Kanto, uh, it does also in, uh, give the Dagger 7 effect after combat, as usual. Uh, the Canto recall is uh, triggered like any other Canto, only the movement is limited to returning to the spot they started at. So they recall to where they began from. Uh, they also have a new Tier 4 skill in Chill Defense Res 3, which at the start of turn inflicts defense resistance on the foe the highest defense plus res total in foes within two spaces of that foe through their next actions. they also come with lethality tier four attack speed catch and colorless feud
0: yeah so this is the duo hero on the banner um man this has got to be what kagero's third or fourth special hero version
1: her third special hero version i did look that up uh there's Unless, unless she's in another duo that I can't recall. Uh, she is in a, um, has a spring and a Halloween version of herself. Yeah. Out yeah. there.
0: Yeah. So. But, you know, it, it makes sense. Again, like when you think of thieves, they really, I think they pulled like, they pulled top five. I, I'm trying to think of their, their, obviously there are lots of thieves in the Fire Emblem franchise, but.
1: I don't know if Nina was technically a thief in Fates. But she has that romantic view of everything. You know, she over romanticizes everything. Her, she's the daughter of, uh, what's his name, Niles. So um, she's probably more likely a dagger unit or a bow unit archer. But she has that romantic view of everything, so it fits. And ninjas are kind of close to thieves, I guess. So Kagero makes sense, because that is the Hoshido version of thieves to a degree. So...
0: I agree with that. Uh, we've got one more hero here on the banner. Uh, not on the banner, sorry, but uh, available as the Tempest Childs unit. This is Rickard, Carefree Culprit. Having made a reputation for himself in Arcanea, Rickard's come in to the festival and ask her dressed as a, su- uh, as a suave master thief. Rickard from Mystery of the Emblem is the Tempest Childs unit for this banner and is a Red Sword Flyer hero wielding Florid Cane Plus. This enables Kanto remaining plus one at start of combat. If foes HP is greater than or equal to 75%, grants attack slash speed plus five to unit during combat. No new skills, but rounding out his kit is shove as an assist flyer formation three in the B slot and speed slash defense oath three in the C slot. So again, this is the tempest trials unit. Not much to write home about here, but, but there's record. He's, he's ready for battle.
1: Yep. I was glancing through his outfit, and he does not seem to have any um, uh, what should we call it? Brain fart. Um, letter on him either. Yes.
0: just trying to find. So yeah, he uh, and that's the funny thing. He's not even included in the new heroes. They've he's fallen off the new heroes. So in in meet the heroes, I had to find him. But yeah, he he does not appear to have a letter. But maybe maybe the people who don't have letters aren't coming to Smash. So there you go. <laughs> they're all here. Um well there that's the first half of our uh, heroes tonight. We have one more grouping of heroes and this is the this is the one that we've all been waiting for which is the uh Choose Your Legends 6 Heroes. This is the Weave of Fate banner. The Choose Your Legends 6 Heroes have finally arrived featuring the top 2 male and top 2 female choices for 2022. Um Oh, and uh, and Gerald uh, is thrown in there for good measure as well. They usually, you know, throw in a a related hero to be the grand hero battle, if I'm remembering that correctly.
1: I honestly don't know how they picked the grand hero battle for the Brave Banners. Uh, like one year, or like early on in the games, like a couple months later, they did. They weren't. They didn't have their pattern down, which they now have, and month or two later, they did the uh, banner of the units that were not in the game yet, but got the highest rating. So I don't know if Geralt was high rating and not yet in the game or what. But, yep, he was the GHB unit with this.
0: It seems like a solid addition. I mean, considering the first hero we're going to talk about, which is Byleth Sublime Light, this is the uh, second... uh, the the hero that 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 hit second in the charts for choose your legend six uh, a professor at the officer's academy at garrig monastery byleth has transformed her look to match the outfit worn by sothis the progenitor goddess who slumbers within byleth it's important to know this outfit is um i think you could get it as part of the season pass with three houses am i remembering that correctly or was it a patch bonus i can't remember now
1: uh, I think it was season pass, but it was definitely an outfit you could get in three houses at, at one point or another. Yeah. Whether it was one of the free outfits with the waves, or if it was one of the ones you had to pay for. But it was there, and it it it's good art, it's well-drawn, but I never liked the Sothis design on Byleth, and I still don't like the Sothis design on Byleth. It looks awkward and bad to me, but... Not that the art's bad or anything, just I don't like that outfit for Biolith, male or female.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to... It looks as though it was part of the Expansion Pass uh, outfits that they added.
1: So it was one of the ones you had to pay for, and it was one of the ones I regretted getting regretted paying for, but they don't give you an option.
0: No. No, It is included as as part of the whole package. Oh yeah, it's
1: included as part of all the waves and all stuff, or maybe it was just one of the automatic ones you get right away, but it was one I never wore because yeah. I didn't like it there. And I don't like it here.
0: I don't think I used it for very long either. Uh, I actually don't, I don't mind the look of it uh, here in, in heroes. I, I feel like we've got a lot of versions of Byleth already. We have enlightened Byleth with the, um, I think the mythic version of Byleth. We have um, professor Byleth. Uh, they're, obviously there was, there's probably lots of options to go with and I find it interesting. I think, I think all of the heroes, maybe except for crom and, and Gerald, but, but on the banner, all the heroes are kind of featuring outfits inspired by other characters um, or other versions of themselves, uh, which we'll get to Tiki later on. Um, But yeah, it's, it it appears as though there's there's a bit of a theme there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what drives, what, Turns me off about the uh, Sothis outfit is the headpiece and the braids, the multicolored braids shoved into her hair and the headpiece. It just have always thrown me off with that outfit. Oh, you mean? That oh,
0: I see. Okay,
1: yeah, uh... the white, pink, and green braids that are not part of her hair and the headpiece might be fine without those braids, but with those braids, it just you know it fits on Sothis because it was designed for Sothis. It does not fit for me on Byleth.
0: Yeah, it's sort of the ribbons of, of kind of, are kind of, you know, integrated with her green hair there a bit. So, yeah, I can see that.
1: I mean, maybe they're ribbons, but based on the thickness of them, it looks like it's fake hair braided into that. Yeah. <laughs> and shoved on.
0: Well, I mean, uh, the hero specifically, she is a colorless tome flyer hero wielding inner wellspring accelerate special trigger cooldown count minus one at start of turn if unit is within two spaces of an ally grants null follow-up to unit for one turn and also if special cooldown count is at its maximum value grants special cooldown count minus one if unit initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus five to unit during combat and if special triggers before or during combat, grants special cooldown count minus 1 after combat. She has a few new skills, first being her special, which is Divine Pulse. This boosts damage by 25% of unit speed, reduces damage from foe's next attack by 75%, and unit's next attack deals damage equal to 20% of unit speed. This resets at the end of combat. Her other new skill is in the B slot called Speed Preempt 3, which inflicts speed minus 4 on foe during combat. If foe initiates combat and uses bow, dagger, magic, or staff, and unit speed is greater than foe speed, unit cannot or unit can counterattack before foe's first attack. This is excluding when unit save your skill triggers. Rounding under kit is attack slash speed, catch four in the A slot, and speed slash resistance hold in the C slot. So a good chunk going on there. Um, as you said, like, uh, I mean, she's the she's the runner up in the female bracket. And uh, but still, it seems like a really good kit. Now, mind you, I'm guessing the Divine Pulse. That's that's a whole that's a bringover from her other
1: version, right? Nope. It seems I looked it up and it seems that it is brand new. Hmm. Uh, She's the, this is the only unit that has it. It's, you know, named after the. um uh named after the uh blah, 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 blah. skill that she has in three houses which is what they call the you know rewind the map thing that you yes. have in there but i mean yeah. i thought i also like you thought it was but i looked it up and she's the only one listed as having it that i can see so I thought maybe Sothis had it, uh, other than the other Biolas, because the other Biolas have um, the special weapon skill that the uh, Creator Sword gives her in game, uh, Break the Sky or whatever they call it. the The weird thing, weirdest thing is, is in the middle of her uh, other new skill, it says, "Except when units save your skill triggers," but she doesn't have a savior skill. I guess it's there in case you give it to a unit that has savior, a savior skill, but. I thought Savior skills were B skill slots anyway. But. Uh
0: yeah, I'm not I'm not I, the way I read that it sounded like, you know, uh although it is counterattack. So it it's hard to say but unit can counterattack before foe's first attack excluding when unit your skill triggers. So maybe that's when the person you're attacking?
1: I guess I'm wrong that Savior is a B slot skill, but what that means is if someone is Attacking you if you're on the defense. If she meets those requirements, she attacks first. Possibly kills them before they can hurt her. You know that's what that does. Except when savior skills. So if you give a character with savior that skill as well, when they jump in front of someone else getting attacked, it, she don't, they don't get to attack first. Right,
0: they get to defend.
1: Yeah, because because they're not the unit that was attacked, they don't get the the bonus of that skill. Just, I, for some reason, and I haven't looked it up lately, I thought Savior fits on that slot anyway, so it's not like you could have someone with Savior having that. Although I Mm -hmm. guess if someone has Savior on their weapon, I guess you could somehow do that. But, because Savior is the skill that certain units have that allows them to jump in front of an attack, depending on whether it's ranged or melee, depending on which Savior skill they have. Yeah. But... Uh, the next unit on the banner, we have Selif Enduring Legacy. Selif won second place on the men's side of things and continues the trend of wearing someone else's costume. Yes, technically Tiki's wearing her own outfit, but not what she wears in Awakening. And we can discuss that later. Uh, as he appears dressed as his father Sigurd as a red sword, and as a Red Sword Cavalry unit. He wields Holy Tide Tierfing, which grants him Canto 2 and boosts his special trigger by 1. And if he or foe initiates combat after moving, it grants him plus five to the main four stat, the four main stats in combat, and deals damage equal to the number of spaces moved by whoever initiated combat times 10% of the foe's defense. And it does not trigger or work on AoE specials doing that extra damage. It also gives him the miracle effect, uh, surviving with one hit point if he would have been knocked out and has more than one hit point if he starts the combat with 25% or more health. He has a unique skill called Air to Light, which at the start of the turn, if he is within two spaces of an ally, he gets attack speed plus six and no follow-up and can move one extra space for that turn. He also has another new tier four skill called attack speed clash, where if unit or foe initiates combat after moving, he gets a boost to attack speed during combat equal to the amount of movement plus six, and if the movement is two or more, it neutralizes any penalties to his attack and speed on him during combat. He also comes with Luna and low speed defense. So, you can only attack him when he's standing next to you, or you're gonna get the crap beat out of you. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what it looks like. I'm sure it's not quite as bad as that, but he gets a lot of boosts for moving, and he... Built-in, I believe there were some restrictions. Like, yes, I have an ally within range. But he kind of built-in has four movement spaces. So that's pretty rough. And I will note four is the max of the uh, multiplier for that, his weapon skill. I didn't read it because I can't think of a way that you can get more than four spaces in a single single turn. But if you somehow do, it's going to cap out at four times 10% of the foe's defense.
0: Yeah. And he is wearing, uh, his father, as you said, his father's outfit. Uh, and that, that plays in heavily with the, uh, with the forging bonds, um, which was, which was fun to see. or uh, was interesting to, to see, but like it again, like having not played the games, I feel like I would have appreciated it more if I had,
1: I I think Bylus was the most fun because of her sitting there chatting with Sothis in the same outfit and, being all confused about the outfit or whatever. Yeah. You know, or see if I recall correctly, it's been a bit. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, know as es- as this was was interesting as well. It it's uh, it I I think that the forging bonds was uh was good across the board for for all the characters. Yeah. I think they did a really good oh, job, yeah. but I I think Celus was was more attached to his story, his, out-
1: his outfit, and his father, yeah, and Sigurd, and I-, I got a kick out of Tiki, and it was kind of funny. Like nah, non, no, he felt it was kind of interesting and funny to see adult Tiki calling Marth Marmar.
0: <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, well, you know what? Let's get to Tiki. Uh, Tiki, faded divinity. Tiki came here from the continent of Valm, known as the voice of the divine dragon. She's a mannequette uh, who can take on the form of a dragon herself and she's lived for so long that her name appears in ancient legends. Tiki is a green dragon infantry hero wielding remote breath, uh, effective against uh, all dragon types, uh, accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one. If unit is within three spaces of an ally, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus five to unit during combat. Unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack and also if unit's attack can trigger their special, grants special cooldown count minus one to unit before unit's first attack during combat. And if foe's attack can trigger their special and unit's resistance is greater than or equal to foe's resistance plus five, inflicts special cooldown count plus one on foe before foe's first attack during combat. Uh, Cannot exceed the foe's maximum special cooldown. If foe's range is equal to 2, calculates damage using the lower of foe's or defense or resistance. She has two new skills, the first in the Ace slot called Attack Slash Resistance. Finish 4. If unit is within three spaces of an ally, uh, grants Attack Slash Resistance plus 7 to unit during combat. And also if unit special is ready or unit special triggered before or during this combat, uh, deals plus 5 damage during combat except when dealing uh, damage with area of effect specials. And when unit deals damage to foe during combat, restores 7 HP to unit. Triggers even if 0 damage is dealt. She has another new skill in the B slot called New Divinity. At start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, inflicts attack slash resistance minus 5 on foe during combat. And also if unit's resistance is greater than foe's resistance, reduces damage from attacks during combat and from area of effect specials. Of course, excluding rocker area of effect specials. By a percentage equal to the difference between stats times four to a max of forty percent. Start of combat of units HP is greater than or equal to forty percent. foe cannot make a follow-up attack during combat. Running under kit is Glimmer as a special and defense slash resistance menace in the C slot. And surprising no one, her being the uh, first place female winner, her uh her kit is just a wall of text but there it is the whole thing in one go I'm sure I messed up here and there yeah,
1: not, not sure why Serena Soros wrote it out like that for the effectiveness because in game it just says effective against dragon units but you know yeah
0: but that's fine that's that's all good so effective against dragon units that's um that's interesting I mean bring, being a dragon herself I mean are they, I'm even trying to think are there other dragon stones that are I'm sure there are Naga Naga okay there you go
1: I think there are a good number of them, but I'm pretty sure Naga is effective against dragons as are a few other dragon breath weapons. So, and it makes sense for Tiki to have it if Naga has it. Cause you know, she's more or less channeling Naga here. And so I'm pretty sure Naga was, but yeah. You
0: know. mm-hmm. Now her outfit, she is, uh, this is her outfit from um, shadow dragon is what you were, what you were talking about earlier, right?
1: Yes, this is the outfit you generally see young Tiki in and, um, you know, but adult Tiki's wearing it here and hey. looks a little awkward, but it's, you know, not as bad in my mind or at least for me as the uh, Byleth outfit.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I think it looks it looks fine. Like, again, like, in terms of dragon yeah. units and the older designs of what a lot of Mankeet's were wearing, Manaket's were wearing in earlier Fire Emblem games. It kind of like is in line with those, those units like more of like a, like a, I don't want to say a robe because it's certainly not a robe, but like more of a, I don't don't even know, but like the flowing capes and stuff like that. Um, Now I can't even picture what she, what she, what she wears in awakening to be on. Like I feel like it was more of like an upgraded version of that. Now I can't remember. Um, I should know that.
1: Um, it yeah, I pulled it up, or at least the original Tiki version here, and it's kind of like a uh, but a bodysuit. It's actually pretty similar. No, yeah, look similar at it. color scheme and but a bodysuit with a sash. That's that's her original adult version in oh wait uh Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, posted into our Discord, but it's it's not bad. It it just feels a little weird, you know. To me. But I'm weird anyway, so.
0: Oh. I think it looks fine. I think it looks good. I, I think like in terms of I, I, I agree with you in the sense that it, it would have been interesting to see them go in in different routes for some of these characters just to give them a, a new look. Like I feel like Krom as much. They
1: tend to mix it up year by year. Like uh Alm had his original outfit design kind of represented. I think Silica did as well. But then there are the ones where they just, as you were starting to say, they go all in with the new design, uh, like on Crom, Faded Honor. Uh, Krom bucks the trend of this banner, wears a unique outfit instead of someone else's, and celebrates his victory in the men's side of the Choose Your Legends this year as a Blue Cavalry Lance unit. He wields Geardryful, and now I know why Ryan gave me the men on this banner. You don't want to have to try and say <laughs> Uh, which is effective against armor units and boosts his special cooldown by one. And if he initiates combat or was within two spaces of an ally, he gets a boost to the main four stats uh, equal to five plus double the total number of bonuses or penalties, not the actual values, but the amount of effects, actual effects, active on him during combat, reduces damage from foe's first attack by 40%, and if bonus is active on him, he gets an extra plus one to special per attack. His assist is a unique skill similar to his legendary assist skill, but it is called a fate change instead of two change fate like in the legendary version. And it moves the target opposite side of him, so reposition effect, and grants him another action and grants bonus, uh, grants any bonus active on the unit he moves to him and his pair up cohort, cohort if there is one. I'm guessing technically he would be the pair-up cohort, but if you swap him around. It inflicts isolation on him in pair-up cohort if there is one. He also has another new skill called Infantry Speed Tactic, which at the start of the turn grants attack plus six to allies within two spaces and no follow-up to infantry allies within two spaces, but it is only granted if the number of allies with that movement type on the team is two or fewer. He also comes with Serge Sparrow and SD Near Trace. Uh, so, sorry for interrupting you. were starting to comment on his outfit. Uh, what were you going to say about it?
0: Well, I, I was. Uh, you, you pretty much, uh, you nailed it in your descriptor there. In that, I feel like they, they really went all out with this version of Crom and gave us a new look. Um, he's, he's obviously not wearing. In my mind, he's not wearing anything that would uh, be inspired by. Anything yeah, I feel like this the is those, emblem, but. yeah it's it, well that's true he does have the completed fire emblem as a shield, um, I was just gonna pull up legendary like even legendary Crom felt like a, just a different version of Crom this feels like King Chrom, I guess you know, um yeah all right, I guess there's an exalted Crom as well oh and a oh this is brave Krom. yeah there
1: are about. a lot of Chroms. <laughs> there are a lot of
0: Chroms. and again like I think even exalted Crom. Was was King Krom. <laughs> That's what we keep saying. Krom is losing all meaning, and I, I think I've said it enough where I'm kinda of questioning, am I even saying it correctly? Hmm. Um, but no, uh, uh, Exalted Krom kinda looks like you know royal crom, but this this looks like King Krom. Um similar to what you got with the uh, um legendary Alm sort of look you know look to him yeah. as as being like He's been king for a while. He's continuing to lead his people. And I feel like this is the version of Krom we're seeing here, which this is this is post. Well, they even talk about it in the forging bonds. Like this is the Krom that succeeded in defeating Grima has continued to lead uh, his people through through times of peace. And and uh, yeah, he's got he's got the fire, the completed fire emblem on the shield there. And he's 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 a lance. He's got a lance there. So Yep. Yeah, that's what you do. You trade your sword in for a lance when you become king and you defeat a giant dragon. So there you go.
1: Sure, we'll go with that. That's
0: that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um speaking of and you know what, this is probably how Gerald caught his lance. He he defeated a giant di- a giant dragon. Uh we have Geralt, um and uh his his little title is Blade Breaker. I should know that. Geralt once led a band of mercenaries uh, during his travels throughout uh, Fodlin. Before that, though, he was known as the Bladebreaker, the title he earned as the mighty captain of the Knights of Cerros. Geralt is a lance cavalry hero wielding breaker lance, which grants attack plus 3. Start of turn inflicts attack slash defense plus 6 and panic on foe on the enemy team. With the highest attack slash or attack plus defense total, and foes within two spaces of that foe through their next actions. At start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, inflicts attack slash defense minus six on foe during combat, and unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. He has no new skills, as he is the grand hero battle unit for the banner, but rounding out his kit is dragon fang as a special attack slash defense, catch three in the A slot, and distant guard three in the C slot. So we've got, so Gerald, it's it's kind of interesting to see him added as a Grand Hero Battle unit. Um, okay. I mean, I, I feel like he just, he he's, he's popular enough and pretty featured in the game to appear on a banner. You know, like, uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe because he's not playable in three ho- houses, they chose to not make him a normal unit. Oh, uh,
0: that's. Yeah, that's it, a very it good point.
1: Seems to be a, sim- a thing they do more often than not, although they bring units that aren't playable as regular summons and banners, so no clue what the logic in their decision was, but brought Geralt in, and I'll admit I may be confused on the story- the timeline, but I'm pretty sure Bladebreaker ba- is something he earned as a mercenary, not before becoming a mercenary. Uh,. Cause yeah, I don't know. He was kind of half hiding from the church when he ran away, so if he was using the same nickname he earned while captain of the saros, it would be kind of easy for them to find him.
0: <laughs> uh, well, this is—I could be wrong yeah. though. This is pulled straight from the Fire Emblem uh, Heroes website, so uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe I
1: had the timing wrong.
0: It's all good. It is all good.
1: You might be right. It might be that they realized he was the same person as the Bladebreaker, but in that first chapter, but I could have sworn that the thieves knew him as the blade breaker and it'd be like, well, that's like hiding with a giant. I am here sign for the church. If you're using the nickname that you earned with them.
0: True. But. Very true. I, well, that, that maybe that's a, maybe that's a plot hole. We'll have to investigate that one, uh, further, but you know, we had a good chunk of fake content to discuss and we are through it. But we have got a little bit more to go on the show because we're gonna head into the Outrealm Gate.
1: You you managed to finish your first uh branch of Three Hopes before Xenoblade Chronicles Three came out, right?
0: No, no, I did not. Uh, yeah, that was no. not.
1: I I can't
0: even remember. Like, I guess it's been, I I guess it's been it's been long enough where Three or uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three was. Yeah, no, it just came out last time we updated the notes, so no, I, I have not stopped playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 to go
1: back to 3 hopes. I mean, I waited a week, and I finished Azure Gleam and started on Crim- Crimson Blade on hard difficulty, and I'm in Chapter 6, because uh, I was rushing to finish unlocking camp facilities, because uh, even when you start a new route, you don't unlock all the camp facilities until you get to Chapter 6. Uh, you know, they, they unlock them the similar way they did in the, you know, first playthrough. Uh, but once you unlock them, all your upgrades are there in New Game Plus. But then I, you know, broke down. Not really broke down, but grabbed Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and haven't touched it since. And I've been grinding away on that one. So that's probably the most update you'll have for a month or two until we finally finish Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and go back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like right now kind of, uh, I'm, I'm solely focused. Like I have one switch game going on at a time and it's, and it's kind of funny. We'll, we'll be talking about another switch game, uh, later on for a little bit, but yeah, I have not gone back. I do intend to go back. It, it popped back into my head actually, as I was prepping for the show this week and I was like, yeah, I did really enjoy that. And I got to get back to it. I, I got very far in uh crimson blaze. So.
1: Yep. If nothing else, I'd like to compare and contrast and discuss our thoughts having beaten one route. You know, uh, we can try to avoid spoilers or not, depending on whether we, the other wants spoilers for the route they didn't do. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe by the time you finish Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I'll have beat Crimson Blaze.
0: Maybe. We'll see. Uh, by the time I finish Xenoblade Chronicles 3, it could be a while. Um, but, you know, we, we did f- also finish uh, Fire Emblem Awakening going to talk about that for our game club we're going to wrap that up um but that being said we we did say we were going to talk about some paralogues um now eddie i i don't want to throw you under the bus right away but i will I've, i believe you said you did not get a chance to finish the, these last two paralogs, right
1: correct i did yeah. not uh do these last two paralogues well so. that's
0: fine because they are the two most difficult maps <laughs> You you could have just said, like, I tried them, they're too hard, and I walked away, because I only finished one of the two. So
1: For me, it was, I got distracted. Um, It might have been Xenoblade Chronicles 3, might have been uh, still burning away at Crimson Blaze on Three Hopes, and then we realized last minute that, oh crap, I haven't done them, and I technically still haven't done the pre-M one. Uh, but you said that I could just, you know, so we could discuss it last week, you said I could just do the endgame chapter so we could discuss that and then um yeah uh you know i completely forgot to try and go back and do them this week that's all good
0: well i did uh i did do paralogue 22 which is the wellspring of truth which is the aversa spot pass paralogue uh it is said that one who visits the wellspring will witness the truth of himself or herself While pursuing Aversa, Krom and his allies arrive at the legendary Wellspring of Truth, where they must face the most challenging enemies of all, themselves. Aversa will be an allied NPC here, and in order to recruit her, you will need to ensure she survives this map. Any hero you bring into this chapter will have a mirror version of themselves as an enemy unit. Hopefully you don't have too many high-leveled heroes. Uh, Upon completing the map, though, Aversa will join your side. If she survives, you have to protect her. Um, revealing that she was enslaved by Validar to do his bidding. So she was actually, um, she was, she was not, she was not, she was, she was a a bad character throughout the game, but it turns out in the spot pass, it's revealed that she was under, under Validar's control. And um, yeah, but, This, I figured this would have been a tough map for you because the only way I was able to finish it was by bringing in a couple of strong heroes and then just bringing in a
1: bunch of weak heroes. So they're exact copies of the characters you brought in with you?
0: For the most part. I mean, their weapons are not exact copies, but their levels and classes are copies for sure.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: But, uh, that's what I did. That was my tactic. I figured like I, I couldn't finish it by bringing in my standard set of heroes, um, If, if it didn't work to bring in like just a couple of strong heroes and you know, all my lower level units, I was going to try just bringing in like just my higher level units, but I I didn't have to, I was able to finish it. Um, I don't know if it like maxes out the mirror versions on the other side, but I know that it definitely, um, it, it only copied their levels and classes over. So I was able to just kind of like, okay, I'll, uh,
1: so not copy their stats with just their levels and classes.
0: Well, you know what? I I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't dive that deep in, but for sure, like it, okay. they are mirror versions of the characters. So I would assume, yeah, probably stats as well, for sure. Um, they weren't upgraded. They weren't upgraded units. They were just copies, and and they did have a, a like. I think they had uh like a specific set. And mind you, I'm playing on casual uh normal mode, so it it might. It might have been tougher if you were at a higher level, but um, I did manage to keep Aversa alive. I recruited her, um, and, and there was that. Uh, but for the other paralog, which we're not going to talk a lot about, maybe outside of who Priam is, because I went into this one, and man, it is... First of all, you have to, you have, to have 30 high-level heroes in order to even attempt this map. Um, and you don't realize how many units that is until you get in here because like, I think your core group, at least for me is like round 15, maybe 20, you know, if we're, if we're we're going that far, uh, but you, you need to have 30 properly leveled units because they have Priam has a whole army of high, high powered, uh, heroes that are going to fight you. And this just was not working for. I, I couldn't finish. There's no way I was going to be able to finish. This is the hardest map in the game, and uh, I was not able to recruit Priam, the radiant hero, who is said to be a descendant of uh, of. Why am I spacing on his name? Ike, right? Hmm. So, th- yes. Like, I don't know how they connect that because I'm pretty sure Telius
1: is is separate from Arcanea? There has never that I know of been a confirmed link between Tellius and Arcania. Uh, there's a hinted at, and I don't even know if it's been confirmed, but I think there was a strongly hinted at link between genealogy and Arcania, and, you know, essentially, there's, like, subtle hints of possibility, in that, you know, like... Uh Krom's family has a brand that doesn't always show up. And brands are something introduced in Tellius as an indication of someone who um, is half lagoos, half Bjork, human. But you have, you know, uh, what's her name? Yarn and her, his mother. Uh, I use her pan here. And that wouldn't happen in the Tellius world because when a Laguz and a Bjork mate, the child cannot transform, but they have a brand. Hmm. So, you know, yeah, it, it's
0: tough it's to like. It's tough to say because I guess they don't, they mm-hmm. don't really spell it out. But I mean, the idea being like they don't really talk about him coming through the Outrealm Gate. They kind of just talk about him
1: being yeah. rumored
0: to be a descendant of a long, uh, a long-lived
1: ago hero. So, yeah. Yeah, the radiant hero, legendary hero from a distant land. So it kind of suggests that Tullius might be same planet but different part of the planet.
0: Mhm. I do like the idea of the entirety of the Fire Emblem franchise just being different times, different places on the world because like you could you could imagine that like they could with the way they set these games, they could all technically exist on the same world and and in that moment of the story, not, not touch there, each other. There's
1: some that would be a bit harder than others, but yeah, most of them probably could fit for the most part. Yeah. You know, like I said, the odd thing would be like Telius in the fact that, you know, if a, you know, beast unit in a human, you know, have a kid, the kid can lose the ability to turn into a beast. But in, you know, awakening, they children maintain that ability. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that
0: makes. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a
1: good point. So, and that that was a pretty big thing in their world. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, well, let's get to the end game here. The end game, which is Grima. The final battle looms, as does a choice: return Grima to his slumber with Crom's sword, or slay the dragon in exchange for Robin's life. Uh, the battle will take place upon the very back of Grima, where you will be tasked with defeating Shadow Robin, all the while defending yourselves against endless reinforcements. At first, it appeared as though Shadow Robin would take our Robin off the battlefield, but thanks to their connections, Robin returns to the battle to assist. Uh, the connections being not their like Bluetooth connection, but, uh, um, or their Wi-Fi connection, but their connection to the people uh, that they, they made throughout the course of the game.
1: What do you mean? In my game it was the Wi Fi connection.
0: Yeah. You had you had three oh, bars. And you were able to yeah. pop back in. Oh, Robin yeah, was like,
1: oh, thing. I got three bars. Oh, okay, I'll go back to them then.
0: Yeah. You had a you had a strong connection. Um now Robin returns to the battle to assist. When Grima's HP reaches zero, you'll be given a choice to strike them down by Krom or Robin. And eventually ending the game, you get the credits, the whole like, what happened to all the heroes and um
1: yeah. yeah, that that was one anno- mildly annoying thing for me in there is that, um, I the way they worded at the start of the map, it feels like if you strike the final blow using Robin, you'll you know Robin will take, strike the final blow. If you strike it with Crom, he'll strike the final blow, and then they give you a choice right at the end. It's like, yeah, well, I could have used other characters to come in and fight. Not that it matters that much, but.
0: It does get a bit like stressful in that moment where, like, okay, I really don't, you know.
1: Technically, she was a pair, but Lissa dealt the final blow for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it. So for me, uh, at the very beginning of the game, I, I, I don't think it matters what you choose, but you get a choice between to submit to Grima or or not submit. I, I chose not to submit to Grima, but it still results in you being like teleported off the map. Did you also do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, who who knows? Maybe if you submit you, it says game over bad end. Try again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Usually I should pull it up. Usually they have like all the choices in, uh, in this, uh, uh, fandom.com what we've been using in our notes. So like, what do we we see here? So script, oh, submit to Grima. If you say yes. All right, I'll do it. Oh, the ads loaded and everything jumped around. Give me a second here. sorry. Um, and then uh, Krom says, no, Robin, don't. And then Robin is absorbed in the... So you get absorbed either way. And then basically Green is like, haha, I have you. Uh, blah, blah, blah. First, let my friends go. You promised to spare them. Oh, come now. Did you really think I was going to do that? Oh, you. And then Robin uses uh, their Wi-Fi connection to port back over. So it's, cool. it's the same thing. Same thing happens, basically. Um, maybe you needed more Wi-Fi bars if you... <laughs> If you chose to submit. Um, but so that that was one choice. And as you said, like at the end, it it doesn't matter who you bring Shadow Robin down to zero HP with. You still get the choice of whether Crom deals the final blow or, or Robin does. Now, did you have Robin deal the final blow to end this uh, reoccurring madness of the dragon Grima coming back?
1: I chose to have Robin deal the final blow.
0: Yeah, so I did that, too. Um, and essentially the idea there being that that means ro- both Robins, Shadow Robin and, and, and our character Robin, um, disappear. So it's, so it's interesting. So that happens. And and essentially like for the most part, Robin is gone. Everyone continues to live on. And, uh, and, and essentially that, that is the ending. It's, it's pretty grim. Um in the sense that you had a, you had your major protagonist die and disappear. Although that being said, there is, there is like a, so there's a huge, so there's a huge spiel um, of all the characters sort of like, you know, talking about Robin and then credits roll. And then there is a movie that plays, which is essentially like a repeat of the intro movie with maybe some slight differences to you, does that imply that they find Robin again, or did that appear to be just a callback?
1: No, that it felt to me like they find Robin again.
0: Okay. But it just seemed like all the characters were like super unsure about what was going on. Or were they just joking around, do you think?
1: I mean, the fact that he says, welcome back, it's over now at the end, makes oh. it feel like, you know, as the end of that cutscene, welcome back, it's over now. It's like, yeah. Straight up, welcome back. It's like, not who are you?
0: Right, right. right. That's I a think. good point.
1: As it was at the beginning of it.
0: Yeah, and also they mention here in the in the script um, for this this article, they say that the mark on the back of Robin's hand is gone, so implying that it's all good. Oh, okay. So I didn't yeah. catch that,
1: but yeah, I missed the mark. But you know, also I got my ending screen with Alyssa right there, talking about how. You know, you my character and Lissa went off together afterwards or whatever. Forget exactly how they worded what the choice of wording was.
0: I think like that's 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 the ending that I chose when I originally played through it. I was just kinda of looking around for the no option or or letting uh letting Krom deal the final blow.
1: Yes, it it's uh you know, if you if you say yes and let Krom deal the uh You know, final blow. He's finished. We did it without sacrificing another life of another friend. Uh, Naga says he's returned to slumber. Krom says he may rise to threaten the world again, but he'll never destroy it. One such as I are the first to exalt before me, one will rise up to challenge him. Then he has a little speech, and then everyone has their peace. Uh, You know, he has another little speech, and then it jumps to Robin and him talking about Robin feeling guilty for not dealing the final blow. And apparently, if you're married, the uh, character you're married to has something to say as well about how uh, things. And looks like the children also get to say things. And then there's a Crom cutscene where, "Don't you see, you belong with us? We want you to share our present and help create our future."
0: Yeah, I feel like the the better ending is it, as like it's kind of so if it is implied that Robin returns that that appears to be the best ending i mean it is it is tough like i remember when that game first came out like choosing to sacrifice even if it is like the avatar character it still felt like oh man do i really want to sacrifice my character <laughs> how's that gonna work <laughs> and i mean i i think it's the like the choice given is like okay do we do we want to end this forever or do we want to repeat the cycle i mean, uh, yeah yeah I mean, we all chose the destroy ending at the end of Mass Effect 3, right? Like, it's the same idea, you know, like, uh, yeah, no. of course, let's end this. I
1: didn't choose the destroy ending. What did you choose? What did you choose? The combined ending. Oh, that's a good one, too. I mean,
0: the similar, I mean, I guess all the, the endings. The control and-
1: ending feels like it didn't, felt the least. I don't know. Yeah. but No, you're right. ending where, it is, it, that one was the way I played the game. I was trying to get everyone to work together, so putting everyone on equal terms makes that a lot simpler and easier, you know. Yeah, and we'll see what they say actually happened in Mass Effect Four, since it is allegedly a sequel to that.
0: I think you're right. Like, I, I now I'm thinking of Mass Effect Three. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those things where I think, like, when you look at the endings, like there being two options, obviously. They're very unlikely to pick it up, you know, and, and choose a canon ending. So you kind of have that idea of like, okay, well, you know, we don't have to come back to this story. We can, we can end it either way. Both can be canon. It's fine. But I think both endings present like a, like definitely like a very Fire Emblem story ending of like, yeah, a bad dragon's going to come back. Uh, it might not be Grima, but it's going to be some, like, there's always a bad dragon. That's, that's Fire Emblem, right?
1: I mean, sort of, yes and no. If the theory that, you know, if the fact that all the games are set on the same world, then there is a bad dragon that will theoretically come back, but there's plenty of other bad dragons all around the world to worry about. But I mean, if it's set little worlds, uh, having the bad dragon gone for good is the potential for, you know, not needing another one in that world. And even if they were to come back, it's not like it's going to be same time frame.
0: Yep. Well, we've we have wrapped up Fire Emblem Awakening. We did it. I was I meant to look at when we started playing. Uh, I did not, but it definitely took us a, a good chunk of time. I think we started in the spring because there was a bit of a break.
1: Yep.
0: Um, but we did it. We got through it. We went through all the paralogues, We went through all the main chapters and it was quite quite a journey but we have concluded
1: it was a bit of a delay starting because i had trouble finding my uh 3ds initially
0: yes yeah well you did find it and we did get started
1: it was it was in the one place i didn't think it possibly could be because i was pretty sure i pulled it out of there
0: (laughs) yes uh well here here's the thing here's what we're doing next uh So we're going to take a bit of a break, first of all, because we have been playing Fire Emblem Awakening for quite a while. Uh, But we are going to return, as promised, with a special discussion for Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. Uh, We aim to have more details on how that discussion will be set up in the later half of September. Uh, Essentially, I don't know why we didn't think of this, but pre-show, we were like, hmm, both of us probably need to jump into this game and play it and determine how we want to discuss it so eddie and i are going to do our homework and we're going to start playing the game and like i said we'll have more details in a few episodes time as to what we're going to do but it's not going to be a full traditional game club it's going to be more of a special discussion and um we'll determine what those uh, discussions will be in the coming weeks first of all both of us have to boot the game up and play it it's been a while i think i played um I think I played through the prologue when I first picked it up late last year when we were thinking of doing this. And yeah, and Eddie doesn't have to find anything because he's got it on Switch.
1: Yeah, I played through like five or six out of the five or six of the chapters, all but the actual end game. And, you know, depending on how we end up doing it, I might just go back, see if I can rewatch cutscenes and try and recollect what happened. Or (laughs) if we break it down a bit more, I might go ahead and replay through. Not sure which. We'll figure it out. As we go.
0: Yep. We'll have more details, like I said, in the later half of September. So uh, Game Club is going to be taking a bit of a break, but it will come back before the end of the year. So there you go. Uh, but that is going to do it for this episode. A bit of a longer one as we catch up with multiple banners of heroes. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. You can check out the fire emblem channel and the gamers in discord at bit.ly slash tgi discord can follow us on twitter you can find uh me at r.murphy, murphy eddie at draw fear and don't forget to follow at the gamers in for show updates be sure to check out serenesforce.net our go-to resource for fire emblem news and information so to do it for this episode of summoner's call have a great week and happy summoning